The following is a Relevant Radio program and is protected under U.S. copyright laws. This program is made possible through the contributions of listeners like you. Support Relevant Radio by clicking on the Donate icon at www.relevantradio.com. It's Tuesday Good News Day, and the gift of the day is nine ladies dancing. Good morning, I'm Paul Sadek. It's Daybreak on Relevant Radio and the Relevant Radio app. Today is Tuesday, January 2nd, 2024, the ninth day of Christmas. In the Missal, it's liturgical year B, cycle two. Tuesday is a day to pray the sorrowful mysteries of the rosary. And today is the memorial of Saints Basil the Great and Gregory Nazianzen, bishops and doctors of the church. Basil and Gregory were among the most devoted defenders of the faith in the fourth century. They were both bishops both saints came from families of saints. Now at the time that they lived, the church, the body of Christ, was suffering from the pandemic of Arianism, a heresy that denied the divinity of Christ. Their teaching helped the church to heal and eradicate the heresy, but they both suffered greatly. From the emperor, many bishops, and other clergy and laity, they received many abuses, calumnies, physical attacks, and threats. Through it all, they remained faithfully. Now, they mutually sought to live as hermits, with Basil leading the way by forming what would become the model for monasticism in the East. They both spent years in solitude and prayer at different stages of their lives. Their interior communion with God through prayer, more than anything else, prepared them for their common mission. St. Basil died in 379, St. Gregory in 390. Saints Basil and Gregory, pray for us. Let's offer this day to the Lord. Lord Jesus, I unite myself to your perpetual, unceasing, universal sacrifice. I offer myself to you every day of my life and every moment of every day according to your most holy and adorable will. Since you have been the victim of my salvation, I wish to be the victim of your love. Accept my desire, take my offering, and graciously hear my prayer. Let me live for love of you. Let me die for love of you. Let my last heartbeat be an act of perfect love. Amen. And we join Pope Francis in praying that the Holy Spirit may help us to recognize the gift of different charisms within the Christian community and to discover the richness of different traditions and rituals in the Catholic Church. 10 Minutes with Jesus is a guided meditation on the gospel of the day prepared by a Catholic priest. Here's today's 10 Minutes with Jesus. My Lord and my God, I firmly believe that you are here, that you see me, that you hear me. I adore you with profound reverence. I ask you for pardon of my sins and grace to make this time of prayer fruitful. My Mother Immaculate, Saint Joseph, my Father and Lord, my God and Angel, intercede for me. Now when I came to prepare today's meditation I noticed that the gospel is exactly the same as the one of the 17th of December which by chance I also preached. So I thought on the basis of that I wouldn't preach to you today about the gospel but let's pray instead about the first reading and I think it's a good reminder that we can use all these scripture readings every day to pray with. And the first reading is from the first letter of St. John. We're going through John's letter these days. And St. John talks about the Antichrist. Now, 
whenever we hear talk of the Antichrist, everyone gets excited. We think of various horror movies. There's films about this. And St. John makes clear that we are in the last hour. And as you have heard, the Antichrist is coming. So now many Antichrists have come. Therefore we know the hour. Many Antichrists have come. Well, that's a surprise. And bear in mind that John was writing this letter perhaps maybe around 90 AD, maybe 100 AD if he lived really long. So already, so early on in Christian history, many Antichrists had come. And St. John tells us that they went out from us, but they were not of us. For if they had been of us, they would have continued with us. In other words, these were initially part of the Christian community, but they left it. And a big theme of this letter, which is going to be a big theme of our prayer, is the anointing we have received. And Holy Spirit, straight away we pray that we may deepen in this anointing. You are the one who anoints us. What does this mean? Well, let's pray about it. St. John tells us, But you have been anointed by the Holy One, and you all know. We all know the truth. The Holy One, who is both God the Father, and God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit because all the members of the Trinity are equally holy, they have anointed us, and they have given us an understanding of the truth. That lovely idea of the sensus fidelium, the general sense of the faith of the Christian faithful, that there's things that the Christian faithful know, and I've seen this in good, holy, simple people, without much education, who know things. Just the other day, for example, everyone's getting excited, aren't they, about this new document on blessings. But a very simple person, with a lot of faith, a good woman, said to me, what we've got to do is just pray for the Pope. Not lots of discussions, but just praying for the Pope. Well, there's a sense of the truth which we see in Christ's simple faithful, anointed by the Holy Spirit. St. John writes to a Christian community that he says, knows the truth. Because you know the truth, and know that no lie is of the truth. And St. John is distinguishing truth and falsehood. Who is the liar but he who denies that Jesus is the Christ? This is the lie, to deny the divinity of Christ. Jesus, we believe you are the anointed one. And St. John puts together these three ideas. Christ is the anointed one, truth and falsehood. Falsehood is to deny the true anointing of Christ, that he is the divine son anointed by the Father. Who is the Antichrist? Well, St. John talks about this. Who is the liar but he who denies that Jesus is the Christ? This is the Antichrist, he who denies the Father and the Son. Well, there's been lots of Antichrists, therefore, over the centuries. For example, there was the great Arian heresy of the 4th century, led by this guy called Arius, who denied that Jesus was truly God. This is a form of Antichrist, because you're denying the true nature of Jesus. In the 19th and 20th century, there have been plenty of errors, and these continue into our age now. That Jesus was a great man, a messianic leader, a charismatic leader, but not God. These are all forms of being antichrist. Simply, literally, they are being against Christ, against his true nature. No one who denies the Son has the Father. He who confesses the Son has the Father also. Jesus, we want to confess you so that we can have the Father, we can enjoy the Father's love, we can be totally united to the Father. And Father, we want to be united to you 
so that we can be united truly to the Son. It's so important, as Pope Francis reminds us, that we focus on the essentials, the essential announcement, the kerygma, that Jesus Christ is God-made man for the salvation of the world, died and risen for our salvation. And we truly believe in the Trinity, that God is Father, Son and Holy Spirit. And each of the persons, they are all equal. There's a great ancient creed known as the Quicumque Creed or the Athanasian Creed because it was originally thought to have come from St. Athanasius in the 4th century or it might perhaps be actually later from the 5th or the 6th century. However, it really stresses the truth of the Trinity. What the Father is, the Son is and the Holy Spirit is. It insists. I'm not going to read the whole creed because it's quite long. But it makes all sorts of beautiful points affirming the equality of the three persons, the divine equality. The Father is uncreated, the Son is uncreated, and the Holy Spirit is uncreated. The Father is boundless, the Son is boundless, the Holy Spirit is boundless, the Father is eternal, the Son is eternal, and the Holy Spirit is eternal. But there are not three eternal beings, but one eternal being. And not three uncreated beings, nor three boundless beings, but one uncreated being, and one boundless being. How often we've tried to explain the Trinity and it's not easy, is it? I think of the great St. Patrick preaching to the Irish and trying to explain the Trinity to them and and that's why the symbol of Ireland is a shamrock, that plant in three parts and struggling to explain the Trinity to them, he saw this plant on the ground, this sort of leaf-like plant and picked it up and said, look, even in nature you can find things that are one and three. Obviously, it's only a partial analogy because it's not as if there are three parts in God. That would be guessing it slightly wrong. But it was a rough idea that did the business. Just as in nature there are things which are three in one, God is three in one. The sacred text continues. Let what you have heard from the beginning abide in you. If what you have heard from the beginning abides in you, then you will abide in the Son and in the Father. And this is what he has promised us, eternal life. Abiding, the Greek menein, is a very Joannine word, a word very much beloved of St. John. He uses it often in the Gospel and his epistles. To abide in, to remain. Father, we want to abide in your love. We want to abide forever in the love between the Father, the Son and the Holy Spirit. This is eternal life. This is heaven. But the more we abide, the more we remain in the Father's love the more we will do so in heaven. What we're trying to do now, precisely in these 10 minutes of prayer, is at least to remain 10 minutes in the Father's love and in the love of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. It goes back to the idea of deceiving. I write this to you about those who would deceive you. There are many deceivers out there, those who deny the truth of Christ's divinity. The devil is always trying to deceive. He is the great liar. So we must affirm again and again the true nature of Christ. And we do so through our anointing. Now what does it mean to be anointed? Jesus, we believe you are the anointed one. The Christos, the very word Christ, comes from the Greek Christos, which in turn is a Greek translation of the Hebrew Messiah, Messiah. And the Messiah was the great promised saviour and leader of Israel. But every king, in a sense, every leader was anointed. The Messiah is the one who will be anointed par excellence. He will be priest, prophet and king. In ancient Israel, kings and priests particularly, and occasionally prophets, were anointed. And it was a sign of them receiving special blessings, special favours from God, graces for a public mission. The Messiah would be all three together. 
oil was used because oil expressed blessing. Oil was used and still is for cooking, for light, for healing. We think of the good Samaritan pouring oil over the wounded man. We think of the bridesmaids of our Lord's parable going with oil. And yet some of them having enough oil and others not. So it was for light, it was for healing, it was for cooking. And we Christians are anointed today. Every Christian is anointed first in baptism and then in confirmation. And then some of us, some men, are anointed in priestly ordination. And then sick people are anointed through the anointing of the sick. We have all received this spiritual anointing. We have all received God's blessings to be priests, prophets and kings. We're all priests in a sense, that common priest of the faithful, by which we offer the sacrifice of our lives to God. Little sacrifices, particularly in Lent, but not uniquely. The sacrifices that involve doing our duty, and that come with doing our duty. The sacrifices linked to following our conscience. We're priests also as mediators between God and men, when we pray for our friends. We're prophets when we speak the truth, through our evangelization, our witness, our apostolates. We're telling the truth to the world about God. We're kings when we lead others to God. A mum and a dad, for example, exercise that kingly office. So let's really be determined to tell the truth and avoid falsehood and proclaim the true anointing of Christ, that he truly is the anointed one of God. Anointed par excellence, he truly is God himself, God made man. Mary's anointing was shown particularly in her Magnificat. There she, in a very priest-like way, mediated God to Elizabeth by bringing her, her son, the Divine Son. She spoke out in a prophetic way in her Magnificat. And she was even kingly in the way that her presence gave Elizabeth a little nudge, a little kick. She nudged Elizabeth towards God, exercising that leadership role because her voice caused John the Baptist to leap in Elizabeth's womb. There we see Mary exercising her priestly, her prophetic and her kingly role, truly living out her anointing as an example to us. I give you thanks, my God, for the good resolutions, affections and inspirations you have communicated to me in this meditation. I ask for help to put them into effect. My mother immaculate, Saint Joseph, my father and Lord, my God and angel, intercede for me. There's a lot more of 10 Minutes with Jesus at RelevantRadio.com and on the Relevant Radio app. This day of prayer begins in just a few minutes on Daybreak on Relevant Radio and the Relevant Radio app. On the memorial of Saints Basil the Great and Gregory Nazianzen, this is Daybreak on Relevant Radio and the Relevant Radio app. I'm Paul Sadek, and we join the whole church in prayer now. We're led by our friends at DivineOffice.org in the Invitatory Psalm and the Office of Readings. Lord, open my lips, and And my my mouth will proclaim your praise. Come, let us worship the Lord, fount of all wisdom. Alleluia! Come, let us worship the Lord, fount of all wisdom. Alleluia! Come, let us sing to the Lord, and shout with joy to the Rock who saves us. 
Let us approach him with praise and thanksgiving, and sing joyful songs to the Lord. Come, let us worship the Lord, fount of all wisdom. Alleluia. The Lord is God, the mighty God, the great King over all the gods. He holds in His hands the depths of the earth and the highest mountains as well. He made the sea; it belongs to Him. The dry land too, for it was formed by His hands. Come, let us worship the Lord, Fount of all wisdom. Alleluia. Come then, let us bow down and worship, bending the knee before the Lord our Maker. For he is our God, and we are his people, the flock he shepherds. Come, let us worship the Lord, fount of all wisdom. Alleluia. Today, listen to the voice of the Lord. Do not grow stubborn as your fathers did in the wilderness, when at Meribah and Massah they challenged me and provoked me, although they had seen all of my works. Come, Come let us worship the Lord, fount of all wisdom. Forty years I endured that generation. I said, "They are a people whose hearts go astray, and they do not know my ways." So I swore in my anger, "They shall not enter into my rest." Come, let us worship the Lord, fount of all wisdom. Alleluia. Glory to the Father and to the Son and to the Holy Spirit, as it was in the beginning. Is now and will be forever, Amen. Come, let us worship the Lord, fount of all wisdom. Alleluia. The Lord is just; He will defend the poor. The Lord is just; He will defend the poor. Lord, why do you stand afar off? And hide yourself in times of distress. The poor man is devoured by the pride of the wicked. He is caught in the schemes that others have made. For the wicked man boasts of his heart's desires. The covetous blasphemes and spurns the Lord. In his pride, the wicked says, 
he will not punish. There is no God. Such are his thoughts. His path is ever untroubled. Your judgment is far from his mind. His enemies regard him with contempt. He thinks, never shall I falter. Misfortune shall never be my lot. His mouth is full of cursing, guile, oppression, mischief, and deceit under his tongue. He lies in wait among the reeds, the innocent he murders in secret. His eyes are on the watch for the helpless man. He lurks in hiding like a lion in his lair. He lurks in hiding to seize the poor. He seizes the poor man and drags him away. He crouches, preparing to spring, and the helpless fall beneath his strength. He thinks in his heart, God forget, he hides his face, he does not see. Glory to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Spirit. As it was in the beginning, is now, and will be forever. Amen. The Lord is just, he will defend the poor. Lord, you know the burden of my sorrow. Lord, you know the burden of my sorrow. Arise then, Lord, lift up your hand. O God, do not forget the poor. Why should the wicked spurn the Lord and think in his heart, he will not punish? But you have seen the trouble and sorrow. You note it. You take it in hand. The helpless trusts himself to you, for you are the helper of the orphan. Break the power of the wicked and the sinner. Punish his wickedness till nothing remains. The Lord is king forever and ever. The heathen shall perish from the land he rules. Lord, you hear the prayer of the poor. You strengthen their hearts. You turn your ear to protect the rights of the orphan and oppressed, so that mortal man may strike terror no more. Glory to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Spirit, as As it was was in the beginning, beginning, is now, and and will will be forever. forever. Amen. Let us pray. Rise up, Lord, in defense of your people. Do not hide your face from our troubles. Father of orphans, wealth of the poor, we rejoice in making you known. May we find comfort and security in times of pain and anxiety. Lord, you know the burden of my sorrow. The words of the Lord are true, like silver from the furnace. The words of the Lord are true, like silver from the furnace. Help, O Lord, for good men have vanished. Truth has gone from the sons of men. Falsehood they speak one to another, with lying lips, with a false heart. May the Lord destroy all lying lips, the tongue that speaks high-sounding words, those who say, Our tongue is our strength, our lips are our own, who is our master? For the poor who are oppressed, and the needy who groan, I myself will arise, says the Lord. I will grant them the salvation for which they thirst. The words of the Lord are words without alloy, 
silver from the furnace, seven times refined. It is you, O Lord, who will take us in your care and protect us forever from this generation. See how the wicked prowl on every side, while the worthless are prized highly by the sons of men. Glory to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Spirit, as it was in the beginning, is now, and will be forever. Amen. Your light is true light, Lord, and your truth shines like the day. Direct us to salvation through your life-giving word. May we be saved by always embracing your word. The The words of the Lord are true, like like silver from the furnace. You will hear the word from my mouth. You will tell others what I have said. A reading from the letter to the Colossians. Put to death whatever in your nature is rooted in earth, fornication, uncleanness, passion, evil desires, and that lust which is idolatry. These are the sins which provoke God's wrath. Your own conduct was once of this sort, when these sins were your very life. You must put that aside now, all the anger and quick temper, the malice, the insults, the foul language. Stop lying to one another. What you have done is put aside your old self with its past deeds and put on a new man, one who grows in knowledge as he is formed anew in the image of his creator. There is no Greek or Jew here, circumcised or uncircumcised, foreigner, Scythian, slave, or free man. Rather, Christ is everything in all of you. Because you are God's chosen ones, holy and beloved, clothe yourselves with heartfelt mercy, with kindness, humility, meekness, and patience. Bear with one another. Forgive whatever grievances you have against one another. Forgive, as the Lord has forgiven you. And over all these virtues, put on love, which binds the rest together and makes them perfect. Christ's peace must reign in your hearts, since as members of the one body, you have been called to that peace. Dedicate yourselves to thankfulness. Let the word of Christ, rich as it is, dwell in you. In wisdom made perfect, instruct and admonish one another. Sing gratefully to God from your hearts in psalms and hymns and inspired songs. The word of the Lord. All of you who have been baptized in Christ have put on Christ. 
now Now all all of us us are one in Christ Jesus our Lord. No longer are we divided into Jew and Greek, slave or free, man and woman. Now Now all of us are one in Christ Jesus our Lord. From a sermon by St. Gregory Nanzianzen, Bishop. Basil and I were both in Athens. We had come, like streams of a river from the same source in our native land, had separated from each other in pursuit of learning, and were now united again, as if by plan, for God so arranged it. I was not alone at that time in my regard for my friend, the great Basil. I knew his irreproachable conduct, and the maturity and wisdom of his conversation. I sought to persuade others, to whom he was less well known, to have the same regard for him. Many fell immediately under his spell, for they had already heard of him by reputation and hearsay. What was the outcome? Almost alone of those who had come to Athens to study, he was exempted from the customary ceremonies of initiation, for he was held in higher honor than his status as a first-year student seemed to warrant. Such was the prelude to our friendship, the kindling of the flame that was to bind us together. In this way, we began to feel affection for each other. When in the course of time we acknowledged our friendship and recognized that our ambition was a life of true wisdom, we became everything to each other. We shared the same lodging, the same table, the same desires, the same goal. Our love for each other grew daily warmer and deeper. The same hope inspired us, the pursuit of learning. This is an ambition especially subject to envy, yet between us there was no envy. On the contrary, we made capital out of our rivalry. Our rivalry consisted not in seeking the first place for oneself, but in yielding it to the other, for we each looked on the other's success as his own. We seem to be two bodies with a single spirit. Though we cannot believe those who claim that everything is contained in everything, yet you must believe that in our case each of us was in the other and with the other. Our single object and ambition was virtue, and a life of hope in the blessings that are to come. We wanted to withdraw from this world before we departed from it. With this end in view, we ordered our lives and all our actions. We followed the guidance of God's law and spurred each other on to virtue. If it is not too boastful to say, we found in each other a standard and a rule for discerning right from wrong. Different men have different names, which they owe to their parents or to themselves, that is, to their own pursuits and achievements. But our great pursuit, the great name we wanted, was to be Christians, to be called Christians. The Lord gives wisdom to the wise and knowledge to those who have understanding. He He reveals reveals what what is deep and and hidden. All light has its source in him. One and the same Spirit is at work in all, and He gives to each as He wills. He He reveals what is deep and hidden. All light has its source in Him. Let us pray. O God, who are pleased to give light to Your Church by the example and teaching of the bishops, Saints Basil and Gregory, grant, we pray, that in humility we may learn Your truth, and practice it faithfully in charity. Through our Lord Jesus Christ, your Son, who lives and reigns with you in the unity of the Holy Spirit, God, 
forever and ever. We return to the ministry of John the Baptist as the people ask him, Who are you? It's in today's Gospel in just a few minutes on Daybreak on Relevant Radio and the Relevant Radio app. Welcome back to Daybreak on Relevant Radio and the Relevant Radio app on the Memorial of Saints Basil the Great and Gregory Nazianzen. I'm Paul Sadek. In today's Gospel from Truth and Life, the dramatized audio Bible, John the Baptist tells us who he is not, and then he points the way. It's from the first chapter of the Gospel of John. And this is the testimony of John. When the Jews sent priests and Levites from Jerusalem to ask him, Who are you? He confessed. He did not deny, but confessed. I am not the Christ. What then? Are you Elijah? I am not. Are you the prophet? No. Who are you? Let us have an answer for those who sent us. What do you say about yourself? I am the voice of one crying in the wilderness, Make straight the way of the Lord, as the prophet Isaiah said. Now they had been sent from the Pharisees. Then why are you baptizing, if you are neither the Christ, nor Elijah, nor the prophet? I baptize with water, but among you stands one whom you do not know, even he who comes after me the thong of whose sandal I am not worthy to untie. This took place in Bethany, beyond the Jordan, where John was baptizing. This selection from Truth and Life, the dramatized audio Bible courtesy of Falcon Picture Group, daily and Sunday Mass readings are on the relevant radio app. Tomorrow we'll celebrate the most holy name of Jesus. And we might ask, well, what's in a name? The Jewish people thought quite a lot. Today's reading from In Conversation with God by Father Francisco Fernandez Carvajal is from Volume 1, Advent and Christmastide. In ordinary life, calling a person by his Christian name indicates familiarity. How decisively it marks a stage even in casual friendship when two people begin without effort and without embarrassment to call one another by their Christian names. And when we fall in love and all our experience takes on a sharper edge and little things mean so much more to us, there is one Christian name in the world which casts a spell over eye or ear when we see it written on the page of a book or overhear it mentioned in a conversation we are thrilled by the mere encounter with it. And it was this sense of personal romance that people like St. Bernard invested the holy name of Jesus. We too call our Lord by his first name, and for this reason we approach him in complete confidence. St. Jose Maria Escriva advises us, Don't be afraid to call our Lord by his name, Jesus, and to tell him that you love him. We call a friend by his first name. Why then don't we call our greatest friend by his first name too? His name is Jesus. Thus he had been called by the angel before he was conceived in his mother's womb. God himself gave him his name through the message of the angel, a name that signified his mission. For Jesus means Savior, he who brings us salvation, security, and true peace the name which is above every other name, so that at the name of Jesus every knee should bend in heaven and on earth and under the earth. 
how trustfully and with how much veneration we should repeat it, especially now as we talk to him in prayer. Jesus, I need. Jesus, I would like. Names were of great importance for the Jews, and when a name was given to someone, it represented what that person should be in the future. If a person's name is unknown, that person cannot be completely known. Not to acknowledge a name meant to destroy a personality and to change a person's destiny. His name expressed the reality of his being at its deepest level. Among all names, the name of God was supremely perfect. It must be blessed from this time forth and forevermore from the rising of the sun to its setting. For I will sing my praise to thy name, O Most High. And in the Our Father we say, Hallowed be thy name. The Jewish people gave a child its name when it was circumcised. This was the rite instituted by God to single out by means of an outward sign those who belonged to the chosen people. It was the sign of the covenant that God made with Abraham and his posterity, and it was laid down that it should be carried out on the eighth day after birth. All the uncircumcised were automatically excluded from the pact, and therefore from the people of God. In fulfillment of this precept, Jesus was circumcised on the eighth day according to the law. Mary and Joseph fulfilled what had been laid down. Christ submitted to circumcision at a time when it was still the law, says St. Thomas, and in doing so gave us an example to imitate so that we may observe the things laid down by law in our own times and not look for exemptions or privileges when there is no reason for doing so. In Conversation with God by Francis Fernandez is published by Scepter Publishers. You'll find it at your local Catholic bookstore. We pray with the whole church once again. We're led by our friends at DivineOffice.org in morning prayer. God, come to my assistance. Lord, make haste to help me. Glory to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Spirit. As it was in the beginning, is now, and will be forever. Amen. Alleluia. The man whose deeds are blameless and whose heart is pure will climb the mountain of the Lord. The man whose deeds are blameless and whose heart is pure will climb the mountain of the Lord. The Lord's is the earth and its fullness the world, and all its peoples. It is he who set it on the seas. On the waters he made it firm. Who shall climb the mountain of the Lord? Who shall stand in his holy place? The man with clean hands and pure heart, who desires not worthless things, who has not sworn so as to deceive his neighbor. He shall receive blessings from the Lord and reward from the God who saves him. Such are the men who seek him. Seek the face of the God of Jacob. O gates, lift high your heads. Grow higher, ancient doors. Let him enter, the King of glory. Who is the King of glory? The Lord, the mighty, the valiant. The Lord, the valiant in war. O gates, lift high your heads. Grow higher, ancient doors. Let him enter the King of glory. Who is he, the King of glory? He, the Lord of armies, he is the King of glory. Glory to the Father and to the Son and to the Holy Spirit. 
as it was in the beginning, is now, and will be forever. Amen. King of glory, Lord of power and might, cleanse our hearts from all sin, preserve the innocence of our hands, and keep our minds from vanity, so that we may deserve your blessing in your holy place. The man man whose deeds are blameless and whose heart is pure will climb the mountain of the Lord. Praise the Eternal King in all your deeds. Praise the Eternal King in all your deeds. Blessed be God who lives forever because his kingdom lasts for all ages. For he scourges and then has mercy. He casts down to the depths of the nether world, and he brings up from the great abyss. No one can escape his hand. Praise him, you Israelites, before the Gentiles. For though he has scattered you among them, he has shown you his greatness even there. Exalt him before every living being, because he is the Lord our God our Father and God forever. He scourged you for your iniquities, but will again have mercy on you all. He will gather you from all the Gentiles among whom you have been scattered. When you turn back to him with all your heart to do what is right before him, then he will turn back to you and no longer hide his face from you. So now consider what he has done for you, and praise him with full voice. Bless the Lord of righteousness and exalt the King of all the ages. In the land of my exile, I praise him and show his power and majesty to a sinful nation. Turn back, you sinners, do the right, do the right before him. Perhaps he may look with favor upon you and show you mercy. As for me, I exalt my God, and my spirit rejoices in the King of heaven. Let all men speak of his majesty and sing his praises in Jerusalem. Glory to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Spirit. As As it was was in the beginning, beginning, is now, and and will be forever. Amen. Praise Praise the Eternal King in all your deeds. The loyal heart must praise the Lord. The loyal heart must praise the Lord. Ring out your joy to the Lord, O you just, for praise is fitting for loyal hearts. Give thanks to the Lord upon the harp. With a ten-stringed lute, sing him songs. O sing him a song that is new. Play loudly with all your skill. For the word of the Lord is faithful, and all his works to be trusted. The Lord loves justice and right, and fills the earth with his love. By his word the heavens were made. By the breath of his mouth all the stars. He collects the waves of the ocean. He stores up the depths of the sea. Let all the earth fear the Lord. All who live in the world revere him. He spoke, and it came to be. He commanded. It sprang into being. He frustrates the designs of the nations. He defeats the plans of the peoples. 
his own designs shall stand forever, the plans of his heart from age to age. They are happy, whose God is the Lord, the people he has chosen as his own. From the heavens the Lord looks forth, he sees all the children of men. From the place where he dwells, he gazes on all the dwellers of the earth, he who shapes the hearts of them all and considers all their deeds. A king is not saved by his army, nor a warrior preserved by his strength. A vain hope for safety is the horse. Despite its power, it cannot save. The Lord looks on those who revere him, on those who hope in his love, to rescue their souls from death, to keep them alive in famine. Our soul is waiting for the Lord. The Lord is our help and our shield. In Him do our hearts find joy. We trust in His holy name. May your love be upon us, O Lord, as we place all our hope in you. Glory to the Father and to the Son and to the Holy Spirit, as it, as it was, was in, in the, the beginning, beginning, is now, now and, and will be, be forever. forever. Amen. Nourish your people, Lord, for we hunger for your word. Rescue us from the death of sin and fill us with your mercy, that we may share your presence and the joys of all the saints. The loyal heart must praise the Lord. A reading from the Book of Wisdom Simply I learn about wisdom and ungrudgingly do I share. Her riches I do not hide away. For to men she is an unfailing treasure. Those who gain this treasure win the friendship of God, to whom the gifts they have from discipline commend them. Let the peoples proclaim the wisdom of the saints. Let the peoples proclaim the wisdom of the saints. With joyful praise let the church tell forth the, the wisdom, wisdom of, of the saints. saints. Glory to the Father and to the Son and to the Holy Spirit. Let, Let the peoples proclaim the wisdom of the saints. Those who are learned will be as radiant as the sky in all, all its beauty. Those who instruct the people in goodness will shine like the stars for all eternity. Blessed be the Lord, the God of Israel. He has come to his people and set them free. He has raised up for us a mighty Savior, born of the house of his servant David. Through his holy prophets, he promised of old that he would save us from our enemies, from the hands of all who hate us. He promised to show mercy to our fathers and to remember his holy covenant. This was the oath he swore to our father Abraham, to set us free from the hands of our enemies, free to worship him without fear, holy and righteous in his sight all the days of our life. You, my child, shall be called the prophet of the Most High, for you will go before the Lord to prepare his way, to give his people knowledge of salvation by the forgiveness of their sins. 
in the tender compassion of our God, the dawn from on high shall break upon us to shine on those who dwell in darkness and the shadow of death and to guide our feet into the way of peace. Glory to the Father and to the Son and to the Holy Spirit, as it was in the beginning, is now, and will be forever. Amen. Those who are learned will be as radiant as the sky in all, all its beauty. Those who instruct the people in goodness will shine like the stars for all eternity. Christ is the Good Shepherd who laid down His life for His sheep. Let us praise and thank Him as we pray. Nourish your people, Lord. Christ, you decided to show your merciful love through your holy shepherds. Let your mercy always reach us through them. Nourish your people, Lord. Through your vicars, you continue to perform the ministry of Shepherd of Souls. Direct us always through our leaders. Nourish your people, Lord. Through your holy ones, the leaders of your people, you served as physician of our bodies and our spirits. Continue to fulfill your ministry of life and holiness in us. Nourish your people, Lord. You taught your flock through the prudence and love of your saints. Grant us continual growth in holiness under the direction of our pastors. Nourish your people, Lord. Remember us, Lord, when you come to your kingdom and teach us how to pray. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation but deliver us from evil. O God, who are pleased to give light to your Church by the example and teaching of the bishops, Saints Basil and Gregory, grant, we pray, that in humility we may learn your truth and practice it faithfully in charity. Through our Lord Jesus Christ, your Son, who lives and reigns with you in the unity of the Holy Spirit, God, forever and ever. May the Lord bless us, protect us from all evil, and bring us to everlasting life. Amen. Amen. John and Glenn will be right along with Morning Air in just a few minutes. Patrick Madrid a bit later on this morning. I'm Paul Sadek. I'll see you tomorrow morning, 4 a.m. Central or on the relevant radio app. You go out and make this a great day and live in the light of the Lord. Audio from the Liturgy of the Hours, courtesy of DivineOffice.org. Readings from In Conversation with God, courtesy of Scepter Publishers. Selections from Truth and Life, the dramatized audio Bible, courtesy of Falcon Picture Group. Ten Minutes with Jesus is used with permission. Daybreak is available on RelevantRadio.com and on the Relevant Radio app. Daybreak is a production of Relevant Radio. Relevant Radio.